Welcome back to the Success on Amazon podcast. In this week's episode, Selleck CEO Franz Jordan is joined by Amazon advertising expert Springley Allen of Prime Guidance. Together, they cover some of the newest and most exciting Amazon advertising tactics and share how you can take advantage of Amazon's newest retargeting capabilities to increase your sales. If you enjoyed this episode and found it valuable, please make sure to follow us and leave us a review. Now let's go ahead and jump into the episode. And welcome to this new episode of Celix Thursday Live. Uh, Celix Thursday Live, I'm, I'm sure most of you will know it, but I'm also sure there will be some new people. Uh, so Celix Thursday Live is a weekly show that we do every Thursday in which we invite Amazon industry experts to discuss strategies and tactics on how to successfully sell on Amazon. Um, so we're currently focusing a lot of the episodes on Amazon advertising, right? Oh, what happened to the camera here? Okay. Let's see. Is that better now? Okay. Not ideal. Okay. There we go. There we go. <laughs> Finally. All right. Um, so it took some time, but so Sex Thursday Live, as I said, is a weekly show. We do it every Thursday and we invite Amazon industry experts to discuss tactics on how to successfully sell on Amazon. Um, currently, we're talking a lot about Amazon advertising because it's obviously a big topic and a lot of people um, are having a bunch of questions around it. Uh, so today, again, we're gonna have an advertising session, um, but today we will talk about new things, uh, the, new, the new things that are just being rolled out or have been recently rolled out. We'll talk about sponsor display, retargeting, we'll talk about um, posts, um, we'll talk about sponsored brand video ads, and we also talk about the most recent news from yesterday, right? So we have uh, some breaking news from Amazon. They released something yesterday, which is very exciting. Um, and uh, as my guest today is, is uh, Sprigley, uh, Sprigley Allen, um, which I'm very excited about because Sprigley and I, we go back a very long time. Sprigley is one of the, I'd say, original originals in the Amazon uh, industry. So he, he joined a company called CPC Strategy back in 2012, right? An Amazon agency. He was one of the first guys there to build up the agency, the Amazon practice. Um, and so Sprigley and I, we met, I think in 2014 or early 2015 uh, when we started Celix. And so since then we've been in touch. And so I'm very excited to have him on board. Uh, obviously throughout his, uh, his time with Amazon, he had a lot of experience with, uh, I think he, he, sa he says he's been optimizing more than a million ASINs or working with more than a million ASINs. So that's quite a bit. Uh, and has optimized more than 30 million in ad spend. Uh, so uh, again, again, a big number, a ton of experience. Um, today, he is a senior consultant at Brand Guidance. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm sure he will, um, he will uh, you know, maybe you can introduce yourself very briefly as well. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Franz. I mean, for me, it's really exciting. I'd say that Franz is also one of the very early adopters on the Amazon platform. I remember when, when we met back in 2014, I was actually living in France. So it was really cool to connect with somebody you know, on the continent. And um, yeah, no, it's, it's looking back on it. It's, it's really been a while. I got started. I mean, just, just for the audience to know, I got started very, very early. Um, I wanted the computer. I wanted the internet. My dad was uh, not into the idea. So um, I offered to build a website for his tea company. And that was when I was about 12, 13 years old. And the rest you can say is history. Like Franz had mentioned, um, I was one of the earlier players on Amazon, but I've also done SEO, PPC, social media marketing, one of the first advertisers on Facebook. Basically, if you can use a tool to sell on the internet, we've, we've, we've tried it. So super excited to be here. I think we've got some awesome topics to talk about today, Franz. That's, uh, that's true. And uh, um, welcome aboard again um, to, for this show. Now, now, just some housekeeping before we get started. So feel free to ask any questions um, that you have on your mind. Um, we'll, we'll make sure to go through as many questions as we can. Um, I'll, answer, uh, I'll try to answer them in bulk, but if they're, if they're relevant for the topic that we're just discussing, feel free to just um, post them and then uh, we'll answer them right away. Uh, and also there will be a recording available. So as you know, we always aim for half an hour and then we end up for 60 minutes. Uh, so if you need to jump off after half an hour, then um, don't worry, the recording is on YouTube um, and uh, will be sent out to you guys as well. So um, we had an agenda for today's Sprigley, right? But um, Amazon, Amazon had some other agenda. And so yesterday they had a big update. Well, yeah, I think it's actually a pretty big update to be honest, because yeah. I think it's very, it's a very prominent uh, change to the product detail page, right? So what yeah. happened? Oh my goodness. Well, I mean, so we, we were talking and kind of planning for scheduling for the show. And then I started to see news coming across my feeds and it looks like the Amazon has launched an ability 
for us to now run sponsored brand ads within the product detail pages, which is incredible if you think about it. So they're gonna start servicing competing ads on the detail page. And I think one of the really main call outs is that you're not gonna be able to leverage these new placements without having an Amazon storefront. So, you know, I think, uh, I know that you guys have put out some content around it and I know that we've been focusing on it in Prime Guidance quite a lot in the last few months that Amazon's putting more and more emphasis on those Amazon storefronts. So I think it's kind of a, a, a two-sided kind of piece of news in the sense that we really need to now invest that time and energy, make sure your storefront is awesome, make sure it's replicating, you know, a lot of the look and feel from your website so you have a good omni-channel experience. And now we have a brand new sponsored brand placement. For now, I was reading an article earlier that's saying that those placements are now going to be, for now, they're they're hidden within placements. So you have top of search, you have product page, and then you have other placements. And for the moment, they're gonna be showing up and reporting there. But down the road, I imagine that we're gonna have a lot better visibility into you know, how those placements perform. But the really key point is it's not gonna work unless you have an Amazon storefront. So, so really excited to start trying them. That's, uh, and I think, I mean, what's huge to me is that they actually, because it's, they, it's supposed to appear on the product detail page, above the images, right? It's yep. like a horizontal banner, banner on top of the images. So it's probably the most visible place uh, or one of the most visible places that you have on, on the entire Amazon catalog, right? Which I think is, is fascinating. I, 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 I was quite surprised that they give such a prominent space um, for, for sponsored brands. But uh, you know, I, I think it makes sense to drive more traffic um, to, um, to, uh, to things, right? Um, I mean I think, and also to build on that, Franz, I think that, um, I mean, it's nice that we're finally going to be able to put some of our ads there versus Amazon putting their elements and their own in-house brands yeah. all over our detail pages for the last couple of years. So at least now we get a, you know, access to the same capability, but. Yeah. Right. And so Rob is asking whether this is already live and yes, it is already live, right? So um, it is live um, as far as I understand only in the US as always it's rolling out in the uh, in the US first and then uh, in Europe uh, only later. So uh, Rob, I don't know where you're selling but in the US this is live. Um, and, uh, and so I think it will gradually uh, propagate throughout the entire site. Now the, the thing where I'm not sure yet is whether you can just um, advertise on your own brands, ASINs, or whether you can also target competitors. So I think right now it's only for your own, for your own brands or for your own products. Um, but uh, I can't imagine that down the road you can target competitors as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I haven't had a chance just because it's so new. I have not built any of these campaigns yet. I'm looking forward to doing that probably this afternoon if I get if, if any of the accounts I have access to have access. Um, but it is live in the sense that you can see when you go, and I wasn't able to replicate it this morning because it is a beta, but you're able to see on the detail page, three brands highlighted right above the pictures. So it is rolling out somehow. I don't know whether it's a soft rollout, you know, to exclusive sellers. I mean, we're advertising partners like you guys are, so we should get access pretty quick. But um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I hope so. Look, that's a, that's a, it's a big change, right? Um, and I think yep. it's, it's starting to blur the lines also between uh, sponsored display and sponsored brands to a certain degree because it's both kind of display elements, both on the product detail page. Um, so uh, we'll see. But it, it, I think it makes perfect sense. I think the overall strategy that Amazon has is just to drive more branding capabilities and offer more branding functionalities for more established brands. And I think this is a very powerful move to drive more traffic to the stores and, and increase the, the visibility of the store. So um, stores well, get a big upgrade and sponsor brands getting a big upgrade as well. Exactly. I mean, and I think to your point, Franz, I mean, you look at the fact that Shopify is partnering with Walmart, partnering with Facebook, you're seeing kind of like these coalitions come together and Amazon's going, shoot, you know, we have not been a brand centric platform. We've been a platform that's all about giving, you know, the best price, the best customer experience, but they've never really, you know, spent a lot of time supporting the brands, right? Now I think they are making that push. So, yeah. That's, cool. uh, that's uh, definitely true. So let's uh, jump right into the kind of the first topic that we had planned originally, which is uh, sponsored brand video, right? Yes. Um, so uh, just in a nutshell, what is it and, and how does it work? Absolutely. Well, I, I think a best way to kind of sh to, to, to explain is to actually show um, a good example of it. So let me bring up an example. Um, so this was kind of a frustrating, you know, searching and looking this morning because I couldn't find any. So we ended up with one in uh, bird feeders. 
But the way the sponsor brand video can work is that you're now able to, you know, everyone's familiar with this. We have our sponsor products on the top. We have sponsor brands um, up above that. We have kind of Amazon's choice. We have the ed editorial recommendations. Just side note, I know it wasn't in our notes, um, but just for the audience, something that I've been doing that has been, you know, mixed levels of success is reaching out to these guys who have relationships with Amazon. These are essentially affiliates, these editorial recommendations. So you can build a relationship with these guys, just a little tidbit for your audience there. Yeah. Um, so this is a sponsored brand video right here. Um, Amazon doesn't give us a ton of guidance on what should go into it, but the, the, the just the obvious ability for it to be, you know, a scroll stopper is, is evident. And, and it's actually a lot more meaningful on mobile. And if we look at Amazon has a great kind of example page where they show you, here's what an example of what it looks like in mobile, which is, I think, even more impactful than desktop. Yeah, so the, uh, oh, there's a video as well? Yeah, so just so you can see when you're scrolling through there. A compact speaker. It really, it really does completely block out the screen. Yeah. The music starts playing. I mean, it's super obvious, super evident. So we've been using it both on a defensive level as well as a conquesting level. It's just, it's an incredibly powerful, um, you know, new addition to Amazon's advertising kind of roster and i think that you know when i look at the videos and and we've had quite a few clients now use them i've been using them in my own brands um and i've been noticing that you know just taking product photography just taking you know really really basic information is still working at some level because it's just so novel so new so it's important to not overthink like oh my gosh i have to create this amazingly produced video in reality just you know create something there's websites like biteable there's a whole bunch of different you know resources out there for creating a quick video, throwing it up there. Um, my best campaign right now is getting almost a 14 to one return on sponsored brands. So it's still, you know, the CPCs are lower. There's still a lot more real estate available because just the majority of sellers aren't using it yet. Okay, I mean, so that's, uh, thanks, for, thanks for showing this first of all. I think that was, um, um, that's, uh, that was very clear. Now, how, what are the first results so far? I mean, sponsor brands historically kind of had this reputation that it's not, you know, click-through rates and conversion rates yep. are not as good as they are for sponsor products. So a certain, uh, you know, quite a few people have been focusing more on sponsor products and sponsor brands. Yep. Um, now I think that this has shifted, you know, a bit over the past couple of months, but it's, my impression is, and, and so when I talk to sellers and vendors, it's, my impression is that sponsor brands video is really potentially a game changer um, because the metrics are just so much better um, then, uh, then, uh, um, then if you have a regular banner, so what results yeah. are you using so far? Oh my gosh. Well, I mean, when the, you know, when it very first came out, um, sometime around, you know, summer of last year, we were get, got access to the very, very beginning, the alpha testing, beta testing. Um, and we on, uh, black Friday of last year, we had a client who ended up being one of the top three products in the entire apparel category on that day. And by far the highest performing ads were some video ads that we threw up. We didn't know what to do. We were like, Hey, we just let's, let's throw these up there. And to your point, I mean, just outperformed every other sponsored brand placement, just hands down since then it has, you know, gotten progressively more challenging in the sense that more people are, you know, jumping on to video, but I'd still say that, you know, like I said, my best return right now is close to a 14 to one on a sponsor brand video. And I'm seeing really positive returns in comparison to traditional sponsor brands. Um, there's just a lot more real estate available and people aren't using it. So the CPCs are lower. And so just to be clear, because uh, what we just talked about, uh, the new, the new brand, sponsor brands on the product detail page only works in combination with a store. How is that for videos? Uh, the videos, um, I mean, I, I don't want to, put my foot out there and then be entirely wrong. They're you know gonna continue to update the different targeting capabilities. Right. But as of now, it works traditionally like sponsored brands. But okay. I wouldn't be surprised for them to incorporate some of that into display retargeting, into you know some other types of platforms later, just because video is such a powerful medium. But for now, it's 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 targeted very similar to sponsored brands. Okay, and then from from the video, you can either go to the brand store or you can go to the to the product. Um, yep. to the, to the, to the page. page. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Okay, cool. Um, great. So, I mean, I think it's, it's probably no surprise that videos is working so well specifically because it's not been around. Right. And, and, uh, historically Amazon, they didn't have any moving images essentially. Right. Yep. Um, now the big challenge obviously are with, 
with video is that, well, you need to create a video. And so uh, Johannes was asking as well, uh, can you guys share best platforms to create short marketing videos online without hiring a video photographer? So I think that's the main question. A lot of people will be very excited about video, but the hurdle to create a video um, is, probably, is probably too high for some people. So um, what are you suggesting? I have uh, Biteable up on the screen here. I'm going to look. I have a couple of other websites. Biteable is extremely affordable. Um, so you can create a video for as low as $15 a month um, to actually host the video. And then you can you know, place that onto, onto Amazon or anywhere else you want to place it. All the way up to like unlimited videos for $49. I have one client now, um, absolutely phenomenal woman um, down in uh, the Southeast of the United States. They are an apparel manufacturer. Um, she is not you know, she would be the first to say she is the, not the most tech savvy person in the world. And she was able to jump onto this platform and make a video and get it back to me within a week. And it looks amazing. It's going to work. So I, I have been having a lot of success with this. I'm sure some of the audience is familiar with some of the other platforms like promo. Um, I know that some of the different uh, advertising agencies also offer some quick video construction. But for me, this would be my recommendation. It's self-serve. It's easy. It's affordable. And so how does it work? Do I just take my, my seven product images from Amazon and then I just you know, stack them uh, next to each other? Or like, what, uh, how does it work? Great question. No, so I mean, what, what Biteable schools, they've got a bunch of their own premium clips. They've got a bunch of you know, their own music that you can use as well. So you're able to take you know, that basic product photography um, and for what it's worth, I always prefer to use renders um, whenever possible. Um, I know it's just a tiny detail, but I do, I do love renders. Um, and you, you're able to just build, I mean, you can create an A-roll for yourself in two seconds with, you know, your, your CTA. Oh, that's really important. So sponsored brands, let's, let's like rewind for one second. What is the best practice in creating them? Like in terms of getting that click-through rate, yeah. you want to have a shorter video rather than a longer video. Um, I think most of ours are, uh, I mean, there's a wide variety of them, but I do prefer the shorter formats. I don't think people are going to sit there and watch for a whole minute. Um, and make sure that you, that CTA, whatever your, your call to action is, that most important point needs to be in that first couple seconds. Just like you see on social, you want to be able to capture the interest. So for me, my A-roll on a lot of these videos is something along, you know, what is the main value proposition? We're working with an amazing company um, in, in, uh, in Chicago right now called Mojo Coffee. Um, and they are offering kind of unique on Amazon. You're able to order coffee and they roast it and then send it to you. So it's literally the freshest coffee you can get. Um, and they were able to, you know, take that, that freshness and put it at the very beginning of the video ad. And I think that that's the key. Make sure that whatever your value prop is, it's going in the front and then make the video fun, make it enjoyable. Um, I know we're going to talk about posts in a little bit, but I think similarly, people want to engage with video for entertainment as well as information. So, so yeah, make it approachable, make it friendly. Cool. I mean, uh, a, so a short video, what would you say? Like, is it 10 seconds, five seconds, 20, 30 seconds? Like, what's the ballpark? I'm, I'm usually around 15 to 30 seconds. Okay. 15 like, to 30. Like that, yeah, that's, a, that's kind of what we target for. Um, I have had some clients with, with longer videos, and I have some clients that are, it's literally just, you know, product shot, product shot, product shot, but it's a video. So we are getting, you know, some click through on it. So. Okay. It's hard to go wrong, I guess, is what I'm saying, Franz. Like right now, it, it's just so new just do and it. so fresh. Just do it. Just jump in there. Put a minimal bid. Um, don't jump into my categories. But other than that, you know, go. <laughs> well, Arthur is already asking. 14 to 1 ROI is very good. Which kind of product is that? <laughs> so yeah, no. I don't so, know if you want to re review that, but uh, I, I can tell you, it's an apparel product. It's an apparel. All right. Um, yeah. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> And so um, Dominic was asking whether those external websites um, are are keeping the uh, the Amazon standards and the requirements for uh, video ads in in mind. I mean, I I think the requirements are not too they're not crazy, right? No, but it's a good question. I mean, I'm a big fan of Git Stencil, um, and uh, Git Stencil is a tool where you can create like a bunch of Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, LinkedIn ads. I'm not a graphic designer, so it makes it really easy for me. Um, and I think to his point, you're able to click in there. Oh, I want a Facebook ad and it stores all the requirements, formats, your images just right. Right. And I have not found anyone doing that for Amazon because to Franz's point, the, the, it's very simple requirements. I mean, it, they are not very demanding at all. So there's no real special format. Um, but when you go into sponsor brands and then you go to video, um, it will show you right there the specs for what you need in the video. 
Cool. Um, and so you talked a little bit already about conquesting campaigns and, and, and defensive campaigns. Uh, can you elaborate on this? So how would you use this video, right? Is it, uh, do you just use it like any other placement? Is there anything special? Do you use it differently than, than typical sponsor brands? Um, how, uh, what are your, your best practices here? Absolutely. So um, um, what would be a good example? Um, I think a good example would be, uh, for example, let's look at the supplement space, okay? Because supplements are some of the most competitive, you know, verticals there are. Um, so how do we conquest? How do we defend? So if I'm a manufacturer of a supplement and I want to use sponsored brand video campaigns to defend my real estate so that when people are looking up branded search, I'm going to create totally different content than I'm going to for a conquesting campaign. So for that defensive campaign, these people are already looking up our brand. They're already familiar with us. They've already heard about us. So instead of selling to them, I'm going to give them some sort of a social proof. I'm going to show them testimonials. I'm going to show them, you know, examples of our manufacturing facility or GMP certification. I'm going to do something to just support in their mind why we're amazing. Um, versus conquesting. So in conquesting with that same company, instead of focusing on social proof on, you know, manufacturing credentials, instead, if we have a larger capsule count than the competition, or maybe we have a better potency, or maybe we have additional ingredients, whatever that, that CTA that, you know, and I keep going back to that, what if, whatever that differentiator is, that's what I'm going to focus on. So that's how it differentiates, you know, so when we're talking about conquesting, and just for anyone in the audience who might want a definition of what I mean by that, conquesting is when I'm going after other competitors. I'm either going after them on a nascent level, I'm going after them on a keyword level, even going after them at a brand level within Amazon TOS. Um, those are conquesting campaigns. Brand defensive campaigns are just setting up a brick wall so that you know people have a severe challenge in getting any of those sponsored brand placements, any of the sponsored video uh, products placements, sponsored video placements, um, just essentially blocking up all the real estate so that if anybody comes in, they're going to have to fight pretty hard to get there. Um, I mean, to give you an example, I nine out of 10 times when I launch defensive campaigns, I'm going to put a bid level that's absurdly high. Um, I think the highest ones I built were like $49 a click bids for, you know, one, one of the larger um, standing desk companies in, 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 in the world. Um, and we were getting conquested heavily. Their competition was coming heavily. So when we looked at defending ourselves, we're like, hey, we, don't, we frankly don't care what it costs. We don't want somebody to do a branded search for us and then be diverted into one of our competitors. With that being said, um, in that particular example, we were not able to fully defend the branded search because if some of your competitors convert extremely well on your branded term and they have history behind them, then even with a $49 bid, you may not get that place back. So that's another reason why I feel it's so important to just have those running at all times so that you're just building that campaign strength, you're building the history, you're building the conversion metrics so that if anybody does try and jump in on your branded search, you have a super aged campaign that can hold its own against virtually anyone. Cool. And so what, what kind of content, if you make a video, how would a video be different for a content questing versus a defensive campaign? What would you do well, differently? Well, like I, I mean, I, 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 like I shared earlier, I think, you know, more on the, on conquesting, what makes our product different? What makes our product better? What makes our product stand out amongst the competition? We're defensive, more focusing on social proof, just essentially the, if you look at a marketing funnel, you know, I'm building the conquesting video campaigns for the top for awareness, right. right? And then at the bottom, I'm building the, the defensive campaigns for loyalty. Because at the end of the day, people are already looking for us. They're most likely already bought from us. They know us. Now, I just want to fill them with great content so that they don't have any desire to look anywhere else for a better right. price. Yes, I mean, uh, that's essentially the, 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 the point, right? To avoid that a competitor is, is taking that spot. And exactly. uh, is distracting your customers. Okay, cool. Um, awesome. So uh, you've been, but so, I mean, you, you saw, you say that essentially over time, obviously it's been getting more competitive. Would you say that yeah. this is still a good opportunity at this point? Or would you say, hey, this is as competitive as sponsored product, for instance? I mean, I, I for me, like as, as you know, and, and as and now the audience knows, I've been advertising on Amazon for a long time. Right. And I've seen it go through a lot of different evolutions. And right now is unprecedented for me in the past, you know, whatever, how many years, eight, nine years, the changes that are happening, the, the, the aberrations in data 
um, it's just it's just a challenging time. So I mean, I honestly, it's it's why some of my clients are on Celix because it gives a lot of transparency. It's I appreciate it because it it is very fluid right now. So the majority of my sponsored products campaigns, you know, did phenomenally well. You know, COVID hit. And then shortly thereafter, we saw, you know, some, some opportunities on CPCs, on non-essential products. Um, and then we saw, you know, kind of a, a plateauing, but the plateau was slightly pre, above pre-COVID. And then within the last two weeks, I have seen my CPCs getting dramatically higher. Um, and I don't know if it's a case of, you know, by happenstance, almost every single one of my clients and my own brands are being targeted simultaneously, or Amazon is changing you know, so a lot of stuff on their back end on their, their ad bidding algorithms. So I, I'm not entirely sure, but to answer your question, yes, it is still entirely a possibility. Um, no, it's not five cent clicks anymore, but there are chances to, to, you know, kind of punch above your weight with sponsor brand video. And ultimately it's, uh, the, the click through rate is a lot higher, right? Um, and so uh, typically it's paying off well, if you can convert it afterwards then, right? I think that's a, that's a requirement. Okay, cool. Uh, so that was the first topic that we wanted to touch upon, right? So sponsored brand videos, anything that you wanted to add to this or, um, uh, or shall we move on to the next topic? Um, we, uh, how can I say this? Um, no, I'm good. There is a, Jan is asking another question. Obviously I kind of, the, uh, the, 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 the lifelong challenge in marketing, right? So how do you measure success of a defensive advertising campaign? Because maybe the customer would have bought anyway, right? So I, I, how do yeah. you measure incrementality uh, or cannibalization of defensive campaigns, right? I, I don't know if you have an answer, but it's like this lifelong. Oh my <laughs> gosh, Franz. I mean, I, I, I've never had, I, I don't think I've ever talked with a client about this without having this conversation. So <laughs> um, I've got a few answers, but I think for, for me, it, it comes down to like two different things. One, there's like the direct ROI measuring numbers, like, is it working? And we can get into that and it is possible to calculate that out. But for me, there's the other side, there's the intangible. And for me, like I, my very first childhood memory, literally, I don't know if any of my family's on this webinar, but if they are, they'll remember, I was giving tea samples away from my parents' company at about four years of age in grocery stores around Denver, Colorado. So I, I had a very early introduction into retail. Um, I was in retail long before I was in e-commerce. And for me, it would be the equivalent of walking up to your product on the retail shelf and allowing a competitor to slap an ad right on top of it. Right. You know, it would, it would be unexcusable. It would be, you know, it's just not acceptable. Um, so for me, you know, my background before I was in Amazon, I was an SEO. Um, I worked with a company, we had FedEx as a client, 1-800-Flowers, I and mean, we were pretty good at SEO. And this is the same conversation that comes into brand defensive with Google AdWords. You know, is it worth it? Is it worth it? Is somebody going to, you know, purchase from us originally? And I think the short answer is, and once again, I mean, we could spend an hour on how to measure that. Um, and it is possible. So maybe we can connect later on, on that topic. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's brand halo. You know, it's about building your brand. It's about defending your brand. If you don't have a strong brand, don't run brand defensive. Because at the end of the day, it's probably not going to work that well because you don't have a lot of traffic. The people who are coming aren't necessarily really loyal to you. Now, if you have a strong brand, if you're a MeUndies <laughs> or if you're a, uh, oh, it's not, not the MeUndies hat that's in the other room, or if you're like, you know, an anchor or you're a Berry Desk or you're an Under Armour, you know, you've got to run defensive ads or you're literally spending millions of dollars in advertising off of Amazon. People go on Amazon, they search for your brand name, and then they divert into the product that's a clone of yours from China that's half price. Right. So right. at the end of the day, defend your brand, defend your space. You know, that brand loyalty will pay dividends in the long run, in my opinion. Now, there are very smart people on both sides of that argument. That's just my opinion. It's, uh, I think it will remain an opinion um, because it's basically not possible to really have data uh, except for if you have an A-B test and even then it's not a true A-B test because the person behind it is different. So um, I think it's, it's very hard to tell. Uh, and I agree with what you say. I'm generally also on this side and I know it's for Celix, we have the same conversation, right? Every week I ask, why are we bidding on AdWords on our own brand, right? But we always have the same conversation. Um, and I think, um, you know, I think ultimately, uh, it, I think it's a question of how strong your brand also is in that respective space, right? Um, I yeah. think that's, that's also a question. If you're extremely well-known and no matter what, like people will, will want to buy, if, if, if a person is searching for an iPhone, um, 
Exactly. You know, people want to have an iPhone, and I'm sure if, if Huawei is making a you know a conquesting campaigns on on Apple, um, yes, maybe it's going to work, but it's probably you know on a very very small degree. So um, very expensive, <laughs> very expensive, and very unlikely to you know return the needle. So um, cool, uh, Molly. You have a question? That, of, sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry to interrupt, but one other thing I think for uh, I, I believe so it was Jana, but it just popped into my head. Um, there is within sponsored brand now, you are able to see new to brand customers. So yes. if you run sponsored brand campaigns in a defensive mindset, and then you go back and you look at the reporting, you'll be able to see what percentage of customers coming through my defensive sponsored brand campaign are new to brand. I don't know, kind of a cool way to look at it too. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. Um, cool, so um, what else? So Molly had a question, what would be a wise budget allocation for videos? Um, do you distinguish there? Do you, do you allocate a certain budget or? Uh, how, how do you handle budget and video? I mean, I, I, I handle advertising the same, whether it's an account that's doing millions of dollars a month in ad spend or it's $100 a month. I always start small, wait until it works, and then I throw budget in. So I would say that an initial budget allocation for videos generally is $100 or less. You know, to, to throw it out there, start to see if it's working. Are we getting click through? Are we getting conversion? You know, what is working? And then going back and tweaking it. And I may do that, you know, six, seven, eight times. So that, you know, and, and when working on it, it can seem frustrating because it's like, hey, I'm spending all this time. I'm not seeing, you know, a large return on this yet. But it's really important to find that right mix. And then once you find it and you're, you know, converting on the A cost that you're looking for, then throw the money in and just start printing money. Cool. You know? Awesome. Um, well, thanks for this. I, I suggest uh, we move on uh, to the next topic because we still have two topics left, right? So um, how about a uh, sponsored display, right? Uh, so Absolutely. display retargeting, um, yep. a, big, uh, a big update as well. Uh, so some context, I think sponsored display has been around for quite some time. Um, it, the, the, the prior form to this was essentially a PDA, right? Product, dis no, product display ads, yes. Uh, I almost forget like how it's called, right? Back in the days already, like, you know, years ago they existed. Um, and so now they revamped this entire thing and called it sponsored display, uh, made it much broader and it's kind of like a trimmed down version of DSP essentially, right? Yeah. And so they rolled it out, what, a year ago or so, a year and a half. Yeah. Um, and so I think the reputation sponsored display had is that it's not working too well, performance is not very strong and people are reluctant uh, to use it. But now there, there's been an update as well, which is the, the kind of the retargeting update. Um, and so suddenly, uh, the chatter about uh, sponsor display has become a lot more uh, visible, and and uh, and uh, it's people seem to become uh, big fans of sponsor display, right? So, um, yep. do you want to again the first question? What is it? How does it work? Yep. Right? High level. Absolutely. No. And and um and I and I'll actually step one step further back. Even I'm so sorry. I'm very cerebral. I'm always at like this ten thousand foot level. But um, just having watched the display program on Amazon Evolve over the last six, seven years, um, having worked with vendors who spend a lot of money on display all the way down to, you know, sponsor products and the tool there, I think it's important to realize what it's for. You know, at the end of the day, Google, dis I mean, Google display, um, Amazon display is all about retargeting. It's about showing your products to people in places other than just Amazon. Um, so your, you know, naturally your return is going to generally be lower. Now, what a lot of people don't realize, and I've just been blessed to work with some large companies and have insight. Um, I actually sat in Seattle across from the guy who created sponsor products. And we talked about this and, you know, at the end of the day, their algorithm is a learning algorithm on display. So on DSP, when you run a vendor campaign, they will let you know that, Hey, if it's not going to work the first month. It's not going to work the second month, but as we get into month three, month four, month five, the algorithm will have learned, you know, what works and you're going to start to hit those returns. You're going to start to hit those metrics that you're aiming for. So that's a 10,000 foot level. And I think that it, it does apply a lot on sponsored display. So before I jump into the retargeting, which I'm super excited about, um, I'd say that one of the best practices for display that I've been discovering is let it run, you know, set it at a minimal bid level, you know, don't, you know, waste a ton of money on it but let it run, let it age, let it learn. And I've seen pretty dramatic increases in performance, you know, 30, 60, 90 days later with very minimal changes, very minimal changes. Yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of cool. Um, and I saw it from the DSP side. So to see it on our third party side, 
I don't know. Maybe it's my imagination, and maybe so, it's working. Yeah, so I mean, see. so what? What is um? Do, so whenever I talk to Amazon, like the typical, let's say, best practice recommendation I get is to actually create one campaign and put all your ASINs in this yep. one campaign. Is this what you're doing? I, I do that. Um, I've tried doing kind of individual ones, and it's just not worth it. I mean, just for the time, the energy, I have not been able to see the return now. Now that all changes with the retargeting. So I've got a screenshot. Up. Um, Someone is excited. <laughs> I am. I am. I mean, just just so you know, your audience knows. I generally sell. I'm in the supplement category myself, and I have a lot of clients who sell continuity products. So we've spent the last decade trying to drive continuity purchases in any way possible with Amazon customers. And so Amazon finally gave us this opportunity. So this is an example of, and this is a pretty soft beta. Um, I'd say that in the accounts that I manage, um, maybe 20%, not even 10% um, of the accounts have access to this now. So it is slowly being rolled out, um, but don't be concerned if you don't see it, it's coming. So this is, if you go into sponsored um, display, and then you go in there and you get this screen, you have the option, you know, as we have before of audiences and product targeting. Um, what we do is go to audiences and traditionally all you had down here was views. So you were able to retarget people who had viewed your page, which is great. I mean, that is retargeting, but it's retargeting at the very top of the funnel um, or not very top actually, you know, one step down. But anyway, it just was not very appealing because the conversions just weren't really high. I mean, imagine when you're shopping on Amazon, you look at 10 different products and all 10 of these guys start retargeting you. You know, it's going to be, it's, it's, it's not as, not as high converting as some of the other placements and sponsored products. Now purchases means that we can now advertise to the people who purchased our product before. So let's say for example, that you sell a apple cider vinegar, because I'm sure someone on this call does. Um, if you sell apple cider vinegar and you have been selling it for the last you know, year, now you're gonna be able to go in here, build a campaign off of that apple cider product and be able to retarget all of the people who previously bought the product with your product. Now, of course, there's some tricks you can throw in there like with coupons and to kind of spice up that retargeting ad. But, um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's the big news there. I mean, it's, it's, it, it really doesn't need too much fleshing out, I, I don't think. I mean, it's just, we're able to retarget our customers, guys. This is big. To retarget, yes, exactly. Retarget our customers, right? So I think that's yeah. that's a big, uh, the important difference, right? So those are people that already bought a product, right? From uh, yeah. from you on the advertised product. Now, um, is this, so how does it work? Can I only target um, people? Can I, if let's say I have two products, A and B, um, and so a customer bought product A. Can I only advertise this customer with product A again, or can I also target this customer with product B so that he would buy a different product um, the, the, the second time? I mean, it, it's not super, super clear um, because it allows you to put up to 20 products in there, but it doesn't allow you to really target anything. So I don't know if you put 20 products in there, are they targeting all 20 products customers with all 20 products, or are they targeting each customer who purchased like I'm drinking a Red Bull right now. So it's like, okay, you drink a Red Bull. Now I'm going to target the Red Bull. Or if Red Bull runs this campaign and I've bought this before, are they offering me the whole Red Bull lineup? Right. So that's, I'm not sure exactly on that one, but, um, but it's, it, it's working, it's working really well. And the way that I'm doing it now, just to make sure I'm, you know, got all the bases covered is I do run it with all the products in it. So I'll, I'll get up to that 20 products. I'll hit go. I'll go to the next 20 products, hit go. Um, and we're seeing, we're seeing phenomenal returns with it too. So, um, phenomenal I don't returns. Really. Okay. Yeah. That's just what I wanted to ask. I mean, I think I can't imagine that in some categories, I mean, this is, this is life changing. So those categories where you have repeat purchases, um, happening or those categories where you have a lot of cross-selling opportunities, right? So yep. I, if I'm thinking about, let's say the baby category, right? Uh, in the baby category where you know exactly month one, a person is buying this product, month two, this product, month exactly. three, another product. And so you could set up the sequence to always retarget those people that bought this one and then, and, and, and so on. Right. So I think that is, um, there's a, there's a very powerful, right. Uh, but yeah. also the supplements, if you buy your, your vitamins every month, I mean, you can just retarget them over and over again with the same, with the same supplements. Right. Exactly. Um, well, and keep so, in mind, I, I think it's important too, for people to realize this is display. So this is not just on Amazon. This is showing up right. on websites all over the internet. And I think it kind of bleeds into what we were talking, like we're going to talk about Amazon posts a little bit too, but I mean, I think Amazon's really working on 
you know, making the platform a lot more robust internally so that, you know, all of the black hat guys and the gray hat guys, you know, aren't driven to those extremes as much because we're able to do some of these things within the platform itself. So um, not the type of returns, the 14 to one video return is my best right now. Um, but, you know, on these, I'd say that I'm averaging, you know, a five or six to one return. Um, so it's still incredibly profitable compared to the other, the other placements. So would you, do you consider this then more to be a branding game or is this more a performance game? How do you look at it? Well, it sounds uh, like you look at it from a performance angle if you, yeah. uh, I, I do. I mean, I, I gotta say like, I think, you know, on a branding level, like I, it's not going to hurt, you know, all of us, you know, in this space know that, you know, the golden rule of, you know, marketing and advertising is impressions. So, I mean, get, getting it in front of a more is great. But for me, it's really performance. It's just the ability to, like you said, Franz, you know, I know how long a customer should use my supplement for before they need to buy a next one. So setting up these campaigns. So I'm just pinging these guys. We don't have the capability for day partying and some of that stuff yet. But once we do, um, it'll just get better and better. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that, that's obviously the other question. Is there a tiny timing component? So you can say, I want to target people, you know, only two months after the purchase or people that purchase within the, the last three months or so. So, uh, is there any timing aspect or is this out of, out of, uh, out of the advertiser's hand at this point? Uh, for now it's out of the advertiser's hand, but I would, you know, bet good money that we'll have more capabilities down the road. I mean, if Amazon keeps up at the pace that they've been at for the last, I don't know, 12 months in updating the advertising, I mean, I don't know where we're going to be in six months because it is just changing like crazy. I mean, I, as I said, I was, I was sitting in Seattle and that was a couple of years ago and I was talking with the guy. And he told me, he looked at me, he's like, just so you know where this is going, we're going to be aggregating vendor advertising and seller advertising into a single platform. And then I waited for like two years, not seeing anything. And then in the last six months, it's just like, boom, boom, boom. So yeah, I have no idea what our capabilities are going to be in six months. I can't yeah. wait to see. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I guess it makes sense, right? Uh, to, 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 to give a timing component to this as well, if you really want to make it very granular so that you can set up those sequences, right? Um, but, um, yeah. Okay. So let me see questions. Uh, I think we covered most of the questions, right? So, um, whether we would recommend Amazon display retargeting for everyone, right? Um, yeah. I mean, what's your opinion on this, right? Is it, is it, is it only those repeat purchases and cross selling or is it also for, for others? It's, it's, I mean, Amazon display is so expensive traditionally that I would say that it's more for people who are really trying to build their brand. So if you're a private label seller, don't worry about it. You know, unless you're selling a continuity product, at which point the retargeting when you have access, you know, would be definitely worthwhile to test. But if you're not, you know, if, if you're not investing in your brand, if you're not really trying to build that awareness, I feel like that budget could be better used in sponsor brand video or in sponsor products versus, you know, kind of throwing it into Amazon display and seeing if it sticks. Yeah. Okay. Which I think is also what most people are doing. So I feel like you know people are dabbling around a little bit in display, and then they look at ACOS, and then uh, they they return back to sponsored products. Um, and then you have obviously the larger brands; they they are very excited about this, and and so they are yeah. testing this out. But um, um, I think retargeting is a is a is a potential game changer. Like the product targeting also is a is a is a good is a good thing. So um, I think no, if I, we yeah go ahead. No no no, and I and I think that. You know, at the end of the day, too, we got to remember like what this is, you know, and, and at the end of the, like you guys, I have so I have a vendor client right now who's looking into using the Amazon buying program. It's going to cost $2,500 per SKU. The Amazon buying program within the third party side is free. Okay, like, like I don't know what Amazon's doing, but but for now, take advantage of it. And I feel like display is the same way to get access to display before it was made available within Seller Central was a minimum minimum investment of about $15,000 a month with Amazon yeah. media group. Um, and now, and, and, and it went up very, very quickly after that. So the fact that we now have access to it for free, we don't have to pay anything up front to do it. And it's all performance driven, you know, CPC clicks. I mean, this is, this is a tool for the big boys that they have used to make a lot of money. And if you have the patience to test and explore and you have the budget, um, it's, it's, it's worthwhile, but it's not for everyone. Yeah. I mean, uh, I think that's going to be one of the biggest challenges is that for the average advertiser, the Amazon platform is becoming so complex 
that um, it's just very hard to understand what you should do when for what product at what time and what's the right yeah. price and what's the right budget allocation and all of this it is going to be incredibly, incredibly complex. And so I think you know, the bread and butter is sponsored products and people are just defaulting back to sponsored products over and over again because it's just working so, so beautifully. Right? Um, Gabriel was asking another question about um, attribution. So if someone clicks on a sponsored product ad and then on display retargeting, which one gets the conversion? So uh, it's always last click, right? Um, so uh, wherever, wherever the, uh, the user is clicking on, I think, and that's kind of my, I, I have a couple of like main talking points whenever I talk to the Amazon advertising team. And that's, that's one of them is the entire, let's say, uh, attribution uh, across well, not just the, the advertising, for sure the advertising, but also more broadly the journey so that you really have a, a proper cost of acquisition uh, and a lifetime value calculation because I think Amazon has all the data. Um, yeah. And so I think part of the reason also why some advertising formats, I think on the surface have a better ACoS is because they get, always get the last click even though yeah. uh, before they clicked on a brand or a display ad and, 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 and they don't get any credit for it, right? So um right but uh, so essentially attribution at this point is this right um and i think and i think on that attribution question that's why in my opinion like brand halo and like looking at total cost of sale is so important versus just obsessing on advertising cost of sale a lot of people look at advertising cost of sale and they become hung up on that they see a product that has 120 percent a cost and they're like oh my gosh you know i'm spending i'm losing money every time i sell a product before incorporating cost of goods sold, pause it, pause it, pause it. And then I'll jump in there and we'll do run a key cost, you know, examination. We'll be like, okay, what keyword is driving that really high end cost? Okay, you're trying to rank for apple cider vinegar capsule. Okay, and you are paying, you know, a lot of money to rank there, but you're getting conversions. If you're there, you're getting conversions. Now let's look at our organic rank. Oh, we're in number four organically. So if we shut down that ad that's driving all those conversions, that organic rank is going to fall right off. And then when you run the T cost, you're able to see that. So you're able to look at what is my total advertising spend between sponsored brands, sponsored products, display. Um, I even incorporate off Amazon traffic generation spend into that as well. And then I calculate that against total revenue for that ASIN, and it gives you a total cost of sale. And I generally aim for an eight to twelve percent, you know, total cost of sale. And that gives, you know, to um, to to the question askers, you know, uh, question gives a little bit more visibility into like what's working past just click attribution. Right. Okay. Look, um, uh, there's one more question from Jim, but I want to touch on the, the last topic first before we, 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 uh, we tackle this question, because I think um, that plays into it to a certain degree. Uh, so uh, that was a display and retargeting a lot of updates there as well. Um, exciting stuff. Um, let's talk about something that is, I think probably the, at this point, I would say the least, uh, the, the, the least known and also least talked about and also least rolled out feature um, uh, in the Amazon advertising space, which is uh, Amazon posts, right? Yeah. Um, so what is Amazon posts and, and what can you do with it? Amazon posts is free. So everyone has to be using it. Um, and Amazon posts. So let me show you, I think it's better to show versus explain. So when you're on a standard Amazon page, it's gonna be kind of grayed out. You can barely see it, I realize that, but it's just a standard Amazon detail page. It's not showing up yet. But if you take that exact same detail page and you run it through a mobile phone emulator in this case, or if you're you know, at home on your phone, if you go to that exact same detail page, you're able to see the products, you scroll down, we're all familiar with this. You can see all my tools in there. Um, keep going, product images, blah, 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 blah. Um, until we get to the bottom and then all of a sudden you're like, okay, videos. Okay. That's cool. Four stars posts. What? So here we are on these guys, Stella and Chewy's page. And yet so is Forza. So is Dr. Harvey. So is Undersun. So is a lot of their competitors with these posts. So now these posts, when you click on them to see more, you're taken to the post itself. You have an opportunity to follow the brand. Once again, I mean, it's like, we must sound like a broken record, but this is all about your brain. Like on Amazon, you are not needing to have a brand for most of the history of selling on Amazon. That is changing. Establish a brand, get a trademark, spend the money. It's worth it. Um, because a lot of these tools aren't going to be available unless you have brand registry, including Absolutely. posts. If you don't have brand registry, you're, 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 you're going to have a hard time competing on Amazon. Well, um, you're not done, but you're, yeah, you, you said it better than I did. I mean, hard no, time but, I, but Franz, that's what I was thinking inside. <laughs> um, 
But so it'll bring you to a feed of all of the different posts on that page. And then you can also go to the posts of the actual manufacturer and you can see all the different posts. Now, what does this mean from a couple of different levels? One, um, obviously I'm getting real estate on my competitor's detail page without paying for it. So that by itself is just like earth shattering. Um, second to that is you're also having the ability to defend yourself. Now, when you put up your content, you're not targeting specific people yet. I'm sure they'll roll out that capability, but for now they're really basing it like an automatic campaign off of your content. Um, and then they're surfacing your, your posts all over the place. Um, I think from a 10,000 foot perspective, um, where they are going with these, oh, where'd my emulator go? There we go. Um, where they're going with these posts is similar to what I watched with their retargeting. So they're retargeting, you know, back when they, in the very beginning, it's why I got on Amazon because I was an SEO and they kept buying AdWords and taking away my space. And it was pretty frustrating. And then eventually it became DSP and the vendors were then asked to pay for this thing that Amazon was doing for free previously. And now we have display within, you know, third party and they're really using it to help make their retargeting capabilities a lot more robust. And I see the same thing with posts. So if any of you guys have ever seen Amazon's attempt to retarget you on Instagram or on Facebook, um, it, one, you've probably never seen it. It's very, very rare. And second of all, it's laughable when you do. So I see this post being really valuable today as a seller. You're able to put up additional content. You're able to get extra impressions. You're able to conquest and defend simultaneously with zero budget. Um, but where I see this going, and, and I'm on video, so we'll see if I'm right, but I, is, I would not be surprised to see Amazon start using these posts in their retargeting efforts on social media, because these posts are built for social media. Um, some of the best practices, and I know we're tight on time, so I'll kind of talk fast, but when we're looking at the best practices, make it a copy of what you're doing on social. You know, So instead, don't put a product picture and be like, hey, we're super great, and you know, blah, blah, blah put lifestyle pictures, put fun stuff, you know, and your audience will be much more likely to engage with it. We have this running on a good dozen plus clients right now. And we've, we've been doing it long enough to start getting some best practices. And I can tell you lifestyle images, I can tell you emojis, I can tell you make it fun and engaging. Um, and a couple of the brands are actually getting followers. Like it's, it's crazy. We've never measured followers on Amazon, but now, we can, and now it's starting to become relevant. So um, once again, just your brand is important. If you want to engage with this program, it's post.amazon.com. Um, Prime Guidance, like like Celix as well, is an advertising partner and we got early access to it. Um, but I believe that it's rolled out for most people now. Um, so when you go in there, you're just gonna have an opportunity to build out incredible posts, talking about your products, talking about the value. Um, Honestly, guys, I take my social media content and I just rehash it in there. So whenever I'm putting out Instagram content or Facebook content, my content team takes that content, turns around and throws it in posts. Um, just like any social media, you know, uh, recency is important. So, you know, jump in there and make sure that you're refreshing that content. We're doing it on a weekly basis at this point because it's free. You're getting free exposure. Take advantage of it. So that's posted in a nutshell. Yes, I mean, it is essentially the way I look at it is uh, Amazon's social media yep. um, bet, essentially, right? Um, and so what I found interesting, what you said is that uh, they would use it to essentially access other social networks like Instagram and Facebook and all of this. Um, yep. The way I looked at it is historically was more of a, well, this is their, this is their competitor to Instagram. Right. Um, and so this is a way for brands to stay in contact with their audience, which is obviously extremely valuable uh, because you know exactly who has bought how many of your items. And if they follow, if they follow you, you can rebuild really up this brand. So I think this is a, this is potentially, I think, I mean, I, <laughs> I'm on video as well, so I need to be careful what I say, right? But like, historically, I always felt that, you know, just because it's display and saying display is branding, I always felt like this is a little bit like, yeah, well, is it really branding? Like if you had this display with a logo on it, like, I don't know. But um, if you have a, if you're a brand and someone is following you and you can essentially in their push new, new things to their feed and they review it on a, on a, on a regular basis, I think this is truly a, uh, this is real branding, right? I mean, this is really where you create a brand experience, where you create this relationship and where you stay on, on top of people's mind, right? Um, so I think that uh, of all the branding 
efforts. I think obviously sponsor brands and stores is a great combination to discover a brand, but I think posts is the best way to stay connected to a brand as a customer or vice versa for the brand to stay connected to their, to their customers. So I think the, um, you know, if you, the, I, I kind of look at the, the, the um, if you take all the advertising formats, you have sponsored products and you have displays. So those two, I think work very well together, sponsored products and then retargeting, right? That's a great combination. And then sponsored brands and stores are very good to acquire a user. Um, and then posts are essentially the component to stay in touch with the user. So yep. it is, the puzzle is kind of coming together and you see how, um, how they all make sense um, in, in the combination. So I think uh, post is a, is a very exciting, exciting thing. So it's for free so far, right? Um, it's just, um, it's only available in the US. It's in beta. It's only available to a few brands, right? So it's, yep. it's very early stage. And um, I recall about a year ago, we had, a, we had a meeting with Amazon where they were talking about this and display, showing it and everything. So uh, they've been making very, very strong progress on this. And I, I, I think it's, it's going to, to continue, right? So um, no, I mean, and, and, and it's, it's a further, it's a continuation of what Amazon, in my opinion, what they're trying to do here, guys, they're trying to create a platform that's all inclusive so that we are not nearly as motivated to go out and, you know, try and get those sales on other platforms. Um, you know, traditionally, a lot of these capabilities weren't there. If you're selling a continuity product, you want that customer to come to your website eventually. Now, Amazon terms of service are very specific on what's allowed and what's not allowed. And, you know, as we all know, many people break the rules. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, what's kind of cool here is Amazon is building the capabilities into it where we're going to be able to have a branded experience. We have a microsite, we've got social, we've got, so it's going to be, you know, another moat put around Amazon to make it that much more, you know, inclusive and, you know, should be interesting. Yeah. I mean, you know, historically, it, I mean, there, there was a time where Amazon was only a checkout and then there was a time where Amazon became search plus checkout. And I think there will be a time potentially, at least I know that this is what Amazon, or I guess this is what Amazon is working on, where it's a discovery, a search and a checkout site, right? And so discovery obviously is, uh, is, uh, is the area or the realm of branding. And so it, uh, it makes a lot of sense to have, um, to have more branding possibilities, right? So, um, yep. That's for this one. Um, so uh, look, we're running a little bit out of time, but I think it was a, a good teaser. And I'm sure that for many people, this was, um, this was a first uh, to see post, right? Um, now, Jim had another question around, um, around uh, budget allocation. So for emerging brands, how would you allocate budget between sponsored products, brands and display? Is that the same answer that you, um, that you, that you gave before? I would. I mean, it really depends on this. I mean, an emerging brand, like by definition, you don't have a necessarily very strong brand. Now, it really depends. Let's say you have a war chest of ten thousand yeah, yeah. dollars per month to spend. Then you should do all of them. You know, you should dabble in all of them. You should put the majority of that into sponsored products. You should run some defensive and conquesting and sponsored brands. You should dabble and display. Like I said, let it run. You know, don't let it run for a week and be like, oh my gosh, this is terrible. It needs time to run through. Um, if you have a more limited budget, you really need to see like, what are the priorities on a shoestring, which by the way, that's how I launch my brands. I never give myself a budget because it makes it more interesting. Um, but when I do that, the majority of that budget will be in sponsored products, um, outside of brand defensive. So I'll put it in brand defensive because I don't want to give up any equity in my brand. I'll put it in sponsored products. And then with posts, you got another free way of getting a lot of exposure. So, you know, spend the time on your creatives there you know, get a graphic designer who can get something that's, you know, eye popping that'll, you know, stop your scroll. And um, yeah, for an emerging brand, that's where I'd put my budget. Cool. All right, Sprigge, there was a ton of content um, and that was very exciting content because it was also fresh and so new and things where, you know, where it's still the very early days. Uh, so thank you very much for this. Um, Guys, I also just launched a poll, right? So it would be very helpful if you just you know, take a minute to, to give us some feedback about how you like this session, what other topics you, you would like us to talk about in, 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 in the STL shows. Um, so that would be great if you, if you uh, give this. Uh, Raj had a final question. Can I use Celix as a marketing agency to promote my products? Uh, well, Celix is a software only, right? So we're not an agency. Um, if you want an agency, Sprigley, maybe uh, how you're, you're, I mean, you're representing an agency, I'd say, right? Uh, what's the Absolutely. best way if people want to reach you, if they want to work with you, um, how, uh, uh, how can they reach you? LinkedIn, Absolutely. website, like uh, what's the best way? Yeah, no, so we have, uh, we have a great team in a company called Prime Guidance. Um, if you just go to primeguidance.com, you can also find us on LinkedIn or on Facebook. 
Um, we've got a really exceptional group of people. Um, I've worked as you, as Fran shared in the very beginning, I was, you know, part of the team that built what was the, one of the original and largest Amazon consultancies. Um, and, and that vision has really evolved into what Prime Guidance is in the sense that Prime Guidance is a bunch of industry vets. We know what we're doing. We're all either professional sellers ourselves or half of our guys have worked at Amazon. So it's a great group of guys. We're always happy to, to, to help anyone who throw, you know, comes around. We also do some webinars and throw out some content. So um, yeah, we're, we're, we're here to help. Absolutely. Good stuff. All right. Um, well, thank you. Thanks again for, for joining and for sharing all this knowledge. Uh, Arthur had a final, a final question as well. Um, quick question for you guys at this end. The Celix PPC grader worked very well for sponsored products for me. Are you guys planning to extend it to sponsored brands as well? Um, and so, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, we, we are definitely planning to, to expand it to a certain degree. So uh, for those guys that don't know, if you go to the Celix website, we launched a free PPC grader where essentially you just connect your account and we make like an audit for you and you, you get some insights from this. So feel free to check it out on our website, Celix.com. Um, and so, uh, yes, there is an idea to expand it to sponsor brands as well, right? I think that um, overall this is... Uh, this is a, um, you know, we get a, we get a lot of positive feedback. So um, we'll, we'll certainly continue. Um, All right, well, cool. I'm sure that whatever you guys put out will be good. I mean, I've been using your guys' tools since, <laughs> since the beginning. So I'm a fan. That um, is, thank uh, you so much for having me, true. Franz. This was fun. Thank you, Sprigley. Rob is saying thank you, Franz. Thank you, Sprigley. Great, great session, right? So thank you, everyone, for, for joining again, for staying with us for, for a full hour. And um, yeah, um, make sure to follow us on, on YouTube. Um, if you, to get the, the newest recordings, um, make sure to follow us on LinkedIn or Facebook, right? Um, we are uh, all, all on all platforms and we're sharing great content all the time. So uh, feel free to follow us there. And then, uh, yeah, see you around uh, next week. Next week, uh, I think the topic is going to be around advertising again. Um, but um, I don't know exactly yet. Uh, but so feel free to, um, to, to follow, tune in again next, uh, next week. See you, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. We hope that you enjoyed this special episode. Make sure to come back next week to get more expert insights on how to successfully sell on Amazon. In the meantime, if you have any other questions, please feel free to visit us at sellix.com. We'll talk to you soon.